Luke chapter 11. There must have been a, had to be extra chocolates bought this year for the mothers. It's been a big year. <laughs> I'll see a few left over there. Usually Johnny and Johnny likes that. <laughs> okay, I wanted to read from this this morning from Luke 11, just a few verses, starting at verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of, his, of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, har, har, no har to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And you, this passage, we, we talk about being the Lord's Prayer. And the disciples were fascinated with the prayer life of Jesus. You know, I don't know how long into his ministry the Bible doesn't tell us how long into the ministry of Jesus this is. But there's one thing that's sure. The disciples and his followers seen the difference in the prayer life of Jesus. Now that's not to say that the disciples and his followers weren't praying people. Because they were praying people. But they seen a difference in the prayer life of Jesus. They looked at him and they followed him and they says, what is the difference? How is his prayer life different from ourselves? You know, they looked at him from day to day and his prayer life stood out. You know, the disciples would have watched from a distance. They would have watched up close. They heard him pray short prayers. They heard him pray long prayers. They watched him get up before the sun even come up and go off alone to seek the Father. They watched him anguish in prayer. They watched him intercede. And they watched him rejoice and worship in prayer with the Father. And they seen a big, big difference in the prayer life of Jesus compared to their own. They looked with amazement at the outcomes of his prayers. They looked at the healings. 
They looked at the deliverances. They looked at the signs and the wonders that came out of the prayer life of Christ. They seen the response to the prayers of Jesus. And they said, this is, this is what I need. It was very plain to all around. It made a big, big difference to, the, that the, 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 to all around that the prayer life of Jesus was, was exemplary. It was a big difference. And to the disciples, to credit, they asked for the right thing. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, they did, could have said, Lord, teach us how to heal people. Lord, teach us how to lay hands and see people raised from the dead. Teach us to lay hands on the people to see them delivered. Help us to do signs and wonders. But the prayer life of Jesus was such an impact in their lives that they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They wanted to pray like Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray. Is that our request this morning? Is it, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to have a relationship with the Father the way you had a relationship with him. Help us to pray and to see the answers come. You know, there's different types of prayer in the Bible. And you, you know, the main ones, are, is, there's the prayer of praise and adoration. There's the prayer of penitence. There's the prayer of petition. The prayer of thanksgiving. And the prayer of intercession. And I'm sure there's other ones in, in different categories. But this is what the disciples seen in Jesus. They've seen a well-balanced prayer life rounded effective prayer life and if I was to say to you this morning and I say to myself this morning do we want a well balanced rounded effective prayer life that we see answers that we have faith to believe in that God will answer every one of us is going to say yes and if you don't well then there's something wrong but I believe we all want to say to the Lord this morning, Lord, teach us to pray. How does Jesus unlock the door? How does Jesus respond to this request? Lord, teach us to pray. And we come to this, the Lord's Prayer, as we call it. But this is the example that, God say, that Jesus gave to the disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is what Jesus gave to them. And Jesus followed this example himself. But I want to just look at just the first two words of this prayer this morning. Just briefly, because... Kathy said to them this morning, remember, it's Mother's Day. So you are all going out for your lunch. So, you <laughs> so it will be short. <laughs> but I want to look at this just briefly. And as time allows, just bring a few things to, your, to our minds. The first thing Jesus said, and he puts at the head of this prayer, I believe is the most important. What comes first is the most important thing. And out of, out of this first thing that he says, everything else is going to come. And the first words were, Our Father. When you pray, say, 
our Father. It's at the start, it's the head of the prayer. And this is the way to start a prayer. And I'm not talking about, you know, you go in a, 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 into your prayer and you say, our, our Father. It's, it's, and that's, that's good. But I'm talking about what, he, what Jesus is actually saying. He's saying, put God first. Put the Father first. Come to God with your prayers. It is important who we address with our prayers and with our petitions and our supplications. That is the most important thing is who we address. Because what you have to remember in these days, in Jesus' days and, and the disciples, this was a time of the, of, the, of the Greek Empire and the Romans, sorry, the Roman Empire. And they'd come out of the Greek Empire and there was hundreds if not thousands of gods. There was Greek gods, there was Roman gods, there was superstitions, there was the god of the harvest, there was gods of fertility, there was gods of health, there was gods of nature, there was the gods of the sun, the moon, the stars, the oceans. People say today even, it's in the hands of the gods. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I listen to that in the hands of the gods and it grates against me. You know, I, I, I have seen people, and, and I can think of, I know them pretty well, and, and they come in, and, and they, they get things into their head like a superstition. And I have one fellow I know, and he would come in, and they were talking about things, and, they, and he would say, you know, touch wood. Now, I'd be honest with you, he would wreck the house to touch wood. And I know that sounds silly, but people get into the mindset of superstition, of charms, of things that the rigmaroles that they have to go through because the gods may not be happy with them. And listen, this still exists today. And this is the world where Jesus grew up in. And this is the world where Jesus spoke this prayer. And what he has sent to us is address the Father. Don't waste time looking around at other gods. Don't be flirting with other gods, other superstitions. We come to the one true living God. The one true living God. You know, and Jesus set the example for this. Just in John 17, just, just I'll read these verses to you. In verse 1, here's Jesus praying. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. The Father. In verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. He's addressing the Father. In verse 11, he says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Father, Holy Father. Verse 21 that they all may be one as thy Father art in me and I in thee. That they may be one as thy Father art in me and I in thee. In verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Again, there's an example. Jesus is setting the example. He's going to the Father. And in verse 25, he says, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these that have known thee that thou hast sent me. Jesus says, go to the Father. When you pray, address the Father in heaven. 
We think of all the miracles that Jesus done, the feeding of 5,000 and all the, the healings. And he lifted up his eyes to the Father and he addressed the Father. The Bible says, The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. Neither is there any life in their mouths. But we serve the God, the one true living God. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. New Living Translation puts it, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There can be no flirting with other gods. Jesus, God in the Old Testament warned the children, don't be bringing other gods before me because they're false, they're fake. We address the one true living God. Jesus is saying, address the Father. If you're going to have your prayers, you're going to pray like me, we need to go to the Father. We need to address the one true living God. He said, our Father. You know, we take this a little further. Father, our Father. What's Jesus saying? It's about relationship. It's about relationship. Our Father. The key to the prayer life is a relationship with the Father. The whole of Jesus' life was built around the relationship with the Father. We just read it there in John 17. Every opportunity that Jesus did to pray, uh, he said, Father, Father, and again, Jesus is our example. Do you know, I, I looked at this. My father, Jesus said. In Matthew, he said, my father, 17 times. As well as there's other ones. I only looked at my father. There's other ones where he addressed the father directly. My father. In Mark, he, he, he spoke at once. But even that then was Abba, father. He addressed him as Abba, father. In a close relationship. In Luke, he says, my father, seven times. And in John, he says, my father, 41 times. Now, that is an example of a relationship. Jesus is saying, our father, be in relationship with almighty God. Be in relationship with God, your father. Let me ask you this morning, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? Do you have one? If you don't know the Lord in here this morning, you haven't been born again. The Bible says you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with the Father. But us that know the Lord, we have a, the potential to have a relationship with Him. Is your relationship cold? Does it look warm? Is it hot? Do we desire the things of God? Do we desire the word of God? This is how we test our relationship. Do we desire the things of the word of God? Do we desire the right things? Do we have that inner witness that we are in a relationship with Almighty God? The Apostle Paul said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Prove your own selves. Do you have a desire for the word? This is how you can tell if you're in a relationship with God. Because we have a desire for the things of him. You know, there's people say today, 
Well, I believe in God. And so what? And their lives are a mess. They live like the devil day in, day out. And we need to be careful that just because people say that they, 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 they love God or know God or are in a relationship with God doesn't mean that they are in a relationship with the one true living God. God is jealous for us, his people. He's jealous for that relationship and he draws us to himself. But people say, well, I believe in God. I'm a spiritual person. But listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Let me just read it to you. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name has cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and men will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Strong stuff. And this is why we need to know that we're in relationship with the one true almighty God. In John 8, let me just read again to you. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he said, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and we were never in bondage to any man. Hark saying now you shall, make, you shall be made free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Jesus makes that very, very plain. If we're in relationship with God, we will desire the things of the Lord. We will love Jesus. And this is what he's saying to the Pharisees here. You say you love God? I'm from God and you don't even care about me. We need to be in relationship with the Lord. Do we desire the things of God? You know, there's relationships in the Bible that we can have with God. There's the creation to the creator. We belong to God by his creative light, right? Because he created us. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made. God is our creator and we are his creation. That's one type of relationship. There's a relationship of the servant and the master. As a step further on, we've come into relationship with him. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He is the master and I am the servant. Paul called himself the servant of God, the servant of Jesus Christ. 
But the relationship that God wants to call us into deeper is the Son to the Father. We are in relationship with the Father, where we are His sons. But as many as received Him, then to them give He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We are the sons of God. He has called us into relationship with Him. Sons to the Father. He is our Father. Turn with me to Romans 8. Just to back this up. Just reading from verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Abba, Father, the same way Jesus cried, Abba, Father. That's, That's a powerful statement. We sit and think, Jesus said, Abba, Father. And we have the relationship that he has given us to say, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We're in a relationship with God the Father. We're in a relationship with God Almighty. You know, I wouldn't have time, even the the ability to explain all of that. But I encourage you to go to the prayer room and speak to God and ask Him to show you that relationship between the Son and the Father. We are the sons of God. If we're born again this morning, we're sons of God. But we want to come into that relationship, the depths of that relationship. This is the relationship that Jesus had in His prayer life with the Father. So if we've addressed the Father and we're in relationship with the Father, well then we can take it one step further and we can say that the Father will hear our prayers. We know then that the Father will hear our prayers. He will hear our petitions. He will hear our supplications. You know, we talk about our earthly fathers and there's a right few more earthly fathers this while back. And when you hear your children, they speak to you. Well, at this age, they're maybe crying. But you go to them and you say, they're there and you comfort them and you cuddle them. And maybe it's older children, you say, tell me what it is. And they hear. And by the best of your ability as a father, you say, I'll help. I'll answer. It's the same with our Father in heaven. He hears our prayers. We go to him and we say, Lord, I need your help. 
Lord, I need you to touch me in this area. Lord, I just want to come in and praise you and worship you. And we do this. But we know that God will hear our prayers because we are in relationship with him. We have come to him, the one who can answer all of the prayers. You know, you think about Jesus. Jesus wasn't thinking, I wonder will the Father answer. He came boldly before God, the Father, and he lifted up his prayer. And he was asleep in the boat because he knew his Father was in control. Listen, look at the confidence God had. His disciples were running about, panicking for their lives. And Jesus was asleep on the pillow in the boat. Jesus was in no hurry to get to Lazarus. Pastor spoke on that recently. He was in no hurry to get to Lazarus because he knew what the Father was going to do. He never worried. He never feared. He never fretted. He trusted. The Father heard all of his prayers. And they believed that the Father would answer all of his prayers. Now, I wish I was the same. Because there's times I pray and I think, yes. And then I'm up and I'm down and I'm around. I'm too much swayed by circumstances. And I would su suspect, hopefully not, maybe you, some of you are the same. That we pray and we think, yeah, that's right. We feel confident, we're strengthened. And then we come out and we think, what happened? The battle's still going on. And I'm up and I'm down. God doesn't want us to be like that. We have to realize because we are in relationship with God the Father that he hears our prayers. And he does hear your prayers. I can say to you this morning, not from me, but from the word of God, he hears our prayers. Jesus was calm and he was measured and he was patient. And we want to be calm and measured and patient. When we go to God and believe that he hears us, and he does hear us. Let us therefore come boldly onto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. These are just different scriptures. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. I will look up with confidence. I will look up with confidence. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. I have heard thy prayer. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine, thine, and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. We need to continue in that prayer. He hears us, but we may have to battle through in prayer. But be assured this morning that God hears you. He hears your prayer. Any situation, any circumstance, at any time we can lift our voice up to God. And he will hear our prayer. The devil will lie to us and say, you know, God doesn't care. Sometimes the prayers, you think, just that hits the ceiling and it's come down again. Satan will say, he's abandoned you. But God has never abandoned us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And he hears everything. God will be faithful to his people.
Psalm 138, verse 3 says, In the day when I cried, thou answered me, and strengthened me with strength in my soul. I read in there in Luke, it says in verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God hears your prayer. The Father hears our prayers. Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. It opens his hand. God cannot deny a praying soul. So God hears. We address God the Father. We're in relationship with God the Father. And we know that he hears our prayers. Then we can assume one step further. That the Father will answer our prayers. The Father will answer our prayers. Again, we read Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. I will answer your prayers. Luke 11 verse 10 says, For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh finds, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Not at night, it shall be. It shall be opened. Because we have a Father who answers prayer. The prayers of Jesus were heard and the prayers of Jesus were answered. God hears and God answers. One thing that we need to realize though is that Jesus never told the Father how to answer. He never went to him and says, Father, do it this way. Jesus says, Father, this is my prayer. And then the Father answered in his way. Because if it was us, we would answer straight away and we would learn nothing from it. But the Father will answer in his way because it's the Father's will, it's the Father's plan. And we want to be found in the Father's will and the Father's plan. So we can't go to God and say, God, do it this way. Now God, if you'd only done it this way, this, that would have been a lot better. We have to trust the answer to God, the Father. We have to trust the Father. You know, you're not, you're not going to give your young child a box of matches to play with. After the child says, no, no, uh, Daddy, will you turn the light on? Well, there's a box of matches. No. He's going to do it his way, the proper way, the way that is best for us. So Jesus never told the Father how to answer, but he trusted the Father would answer with the best. And that's true. The Father will always give us the best. He will always give us what is right for us, what will satisfy our desires that is right from his will. You know, we can see no reason sometimes for God when God says no to us or when God delays an answer. We can see no reason to it, but we have to trust to God that he is doing the best and the right thing because he is. He wants to give us his best. So we have to sometimes take a step back and say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. You know, what if we want something and it's not God's desire for our lives? Now we can huff and puff and we've all been there. But if we sit and we say, why is God saying no? And we can assume then, well, God has something better. God has something better. 
God will bring you the best. What does it say in Luke 11 there, 11 to 13 says, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? God will always give the best. And I'm sure, not taking this out of context, God will give the best bread. God will give the best fish. And God will give the best egg. Simple analogy. But God will give the best that will satisfy us, that will suit us. You know, if I was to stand here and offer you, well, I know Gary's into his watches. If I was to offer Gary a fake Rolex, and I was to offer him also, on the other hand, the real McCoy. Do you think Gary's going to go for the fake one? He knows his watches too well, so he does. He knows what to look for. But Gary's not going to take that fake one. He's going to take that best. And that's what sometimes we do. The devil offers us a fake. The flesh offers us a fake. The world offers us a fake. But God offers us the best. Now we may have to wait a bit until we're ready for it. But listen, God gives the best. God will give you the best position whether it's in work or wherever, God will give you the best husband or wife. God, God will lead you to the best friends. He will lead you into the best for you. And listen, you will be satisfied if we let go of our own desires. You know, the things that God says no to, sometimes they're in and of themselves, there's really nothing wrong with them. But it's not just not God's best for you or for me. Listen, we want God's best and he will answer with the best if we trust him. Jesus said, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. He also says, My heart is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Notice the word he uses, meat. And we think of that as substance that satisfies, that fills, that strengthens. And this is what God gives us. What God gives us will satisfy us. It will fill us. It will, it will be food to our souls and our bodies and our minds and our spirits. You know, you think of the headlines this while back with the horse meat scandal. And sometimes you lift a burger up and you think, I wonder, is that a burger? You know, I seen a picture there a, a while back and it was, I actually looked at the picture and it, this stuff was being pumped out. Actually, I should have brought a picture I could put it up on the wall. But, and I looked at it and I thought, lovely looking ice cream. And really what it was, it was chicken burger meat. It was pink. I, I listened, it, was it looked like strawberry ice cream to me. But it turned out it was chicken burger meat. And I don't, I've never seen a chicken look like that in, in, in the inside. But listen, we can trust that God will give us the best. There will be no horse meat among God. There will be God's best. And it will satisfy us and strengthen us. Satan may say to you, you're going to lose out here. No, we don't lose out with God. We have God's best. And it will satisfy us. We never lose out. 
the secret of prayer is wrapped up in who we address. It is who we are in relationship with. It is believing that our prayers are heard and it is knowing that our Father answers those prayers. This is what Jesus, this is what the disciples said, teach us to pray. And there's other things. That's just four things this morning. There's other things. But this is the way Jesus led. If you want to have a prayer life that is on par with mine, then we've got to go to the Father. The Father is the key to the prayer life. It all comes from the Father. What does the Bible say? Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness of turning. I want God's best. You want God's best. Well, we can have it. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you this morning and we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we are found in this house. And I trust and pray, Lord God, that the people in this house this morning are in relationship with you. Because, Lord, there is no greater relationship to be in than with God the Father. We want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege that affords to us, Lord. Lord, that privilege, Lord, of, of knowing that we can come to you, Lord, no matter what it is, Lord, and, and, and just ask for your answers, to ask for your will to be done. Lord, with confidence, knowing that you will answer our prayers and that what you give, Lord, to each and every one of us will be the best. Help us, Lord, not to listen to this world, this, the devil, this flesh, Help us to seek that which is from above. Every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Lord, I pray for your people this morning that, Lord, that you would just awaken that desire, increase that desire in their heart for the things of you. Lord, if we have to wait, give them the grace and the patience. Lord, if we have to change, give us the grace and the ability to do it. But, Lord, we want your best. We are your people we are the sons of God and you are our Father. We bless you this morning. We give you the glory and the honor for what you have done in Jesus' name. We're just going to go for communion.